Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Uh, here I am in Medellin, Colombia, and we're actually doing a hammock interview. It's my first ever hammock interview. Hey, when you have a hammock close by, why not take advantage of it? And if you're just listening to us on iTunes, you've got to watch the video version as well because you can see my son running around and you can see us uh, doing the interview while in the hammock. Anyway, um, so I have the opportunity to interview a very special guest who's actually a very close friend of mine. I've known uh, Tyler Basu for uh, several years now, and uh, I've been a guest on his podcast. He's been a guest on my show, and we've uh, uh, you know kept in touch through the power of social media, and uh, he's actually spoken at several of my events, so really great to have a close friend on the show. Uh, so Tyler Basu is actually the content marketing manager for Thinkific, which is an online uh, uh, course creation platform, and actually we'll be, we'll be focusing on Thinkific, in our upcoming episodes, so stay tuned for that one. He's also a podcaster, a blogger, a content marketer for his own site called Lifestyle Business Mag. Uh, he's also a dad, uh, so fellow dads, uh, you know, um, he has a son who's almost two years old, and uh, now we have the pleasure of interviewing Tyler about content marketing, which is a great area for internet marketers and digital nomads to actually bring, um, or to market the business and to bring people back to buy your products and services. So let's uh, get to know Tyler a little bit better. Tyler, if you want to share more about yourself for the people who are listening and watching today. Right on. Well, thanks for having me, Ricky. And uh, you're the first person to interview me in a hammock. That's pretty cool. I'm a little jealous. Uh, I love hammocks. Uh, you, co you covered some of the highlights. Uh, I, you know, I spend my time uh, managing the content for, for Thinkific. Um, and if, and for my own site as well, my online magazine and podcast. And so basically, what what I do and what I'm responsible for is publishing information online that helps the people that we want to reach and that brings in customers. Um, and I think it's a, you know this this kind of stuff can apply in any industry, any business, any type of entrepreneur. I think getting some content online is a great way, you know, to build your brand, build your audience, and uh, and get some people into your sales funnel for whatever it is that you sell. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to dive into that topic, man. And you know, any anything, you know, nothing's off limits here. You and I are good friends, and uh, I'm excited to uh, you know to share some value with you with you and with your audience today. Awesome. So Tyler, let's start uh, way back in the beginning uh, in your own entrepreneurial journey. Tell us a little bit about how you started in internet marketing and, and in content marketing yourself. Yeah, for sure. So it started um, really as a hobby. Uh, I started my first blog back in 2011. Uh, I was going to school to learn real estate at the time. Uh, and I ended up getting into real estate. I spent a couple of years selling real estate for developers. And while I was in that industry, I was blogging, uh, started my first podcast, interviewing entrepreneurs like yourself, um, and then publishing ebooks. Uh, and so I did that just you know on the side in my spare time on my days off for a couple of years. Uh, ended up interviewing Greg Smith, CEO of Thinkific, which is one of the ways that I ended up over here is by staying in contact with with the guests on my show, right? Um, so that was pretty cool. But uh, I ended up jumping full time into this world in 2015. Uh, I left real estate, let my you know let go of my license to sell real estate, jumped into the content world full time. Started the online magazine, started the podcast, uh, lifestyle business podcast, made my first online course, started helping other entrepreneurs with their content strategy, and then and then uh, ultimately ending up here at Thinkific, um, managing their content strategy as well. So, 
it's definitely been a gradual process. You know, I never set out to specifically to be in this field. It just happened out of out of pursuing a passion, doing that for free for a long time until re refining my skills, building my network, and then and then once I was in a position to jump into it full time, um, I, I I did that. So yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been a lot of fun, man. It's been great. You know, I get to I found a way to turn what I like doing into a career. So can't complain. Yeah, you know, that's the goal, I think, of uh, most people is to turn their passion to profit. And I've actually seen the entire journey, not the entire one, but uh, over the last four or five years. And it's been amazing to see your progress, your growth, and your success. So super proud of you, my friend. Uh, Thanks, Rick. Tell us a little bit about what you're currently working on. So uh, we, we found out a little bit about the past and your origin story. Uh, mm -hmm. So what are the main stuff you're working on right now as we speak? So my, my week is pretty much filled with either writing articles uh, or interviewing uh, or interviewing other people. And those interviews often become, uh, you know, videos on YouTube. They can become podcast episodes. They can become case studies if I'm interviewing a customer, for example, and we want to turn that into a case study. But basically my job is to produce content, produce information, uh, that helps people who are wanting to create a course or sell more of their courses, uh, helps them be successful with that. And in that process, they learn about Thinkific. You know, we, we invite them to try the software. Uh, and so a lot of the content that I put out there uh, attracts customers and, 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 and brings in customers for Thinkific. So that's what, uh, that's what takes up most of my time. Yeah. Sounds great, Tyler. So tell us a little bit about... Uh, how does content marketing work? I mean, it's a buzzword uh, right now in the internet marketing industry. I'm a content marketer even, I think, as we're podcasting here, we're content marketing. Uh, but tell yeah. us a little bit about uh, the technicality of what is content marketing. Yeah, for sure. So I think, um, and it is a relatively new concept. I don't think that, you know, the title content manager, content marketer really existed five, ten years back maybe to some extent, but it wasn't as commonly known as it is today. Uh, and so I think that anyone who's, I mean, a lot of people produce content, like, you know, bloggers who, like yourself, have a blog, you're documenting your journey. Um, that's a form of content. You know, there's YouTube, people on YouTube with YouTube channels putting out videos, that's a form of content. But I consider a content marketer someone whose job it is to uh, produce content for a very specific purpose like and the and in the context of business or entrepreneurship or marketing the goal with your content should be to reach a specific target audience like who who's that customer you want like who who do you help with your product or services who's your ideal customer so and then from there you work backwards to creating content that helps that specific person and when you market that content you market it to that specific person so that what happens is you end up building trust and building authority with a very specific market. You're not just creating something that you hope everyone is going to enjoy or that everyone will consume. Like you're going after a very specific um, target audience. And by getting your content in front of them and you create content that helps them, you know, you increase your authority, you build trust with them, but you also guide them down a sales process of some kind so that they end up uh, you know, having that opportunity to become your customer. So it's not just about the content creation itself, it's about 
plugging content into a strategy, making it a part of a marketing strategy for your business, and, and then using that content to basically go out and be a, be a sales rep for you, like to go out and find customers for you, help them up front, and, and introduce them to your products and services. So uh, what would you feel makes good, good content marketing? Because uh, it's one thing to put content out there, whole other yeah. thing to put good quality user-centric content. So any specific tips there? Yeah, for sure. Um, big mistake, and this is not just with creating content, but with creating any kind of product or service in general. The biggest mistake is you as the entrepreneur, as the business owner, creating what you think is great um, without having any kind of validation from like who you're actually creating that thing for. So let's say you're, you're gonna write an article um, and you're trying to decide how how do I know that this article is actually going to be helpful? So you, again, this goes back to knowing like who's who's your target audience, who's the ideal client you want to reach. So once you know who that person is, now you ask yourself, well, what problems are they facing? What topics are they searching for online? What questions do they have? Um, and and then put make a list basically of all the things that you know are relevant to them. Uh, and then one by one, you go through those topics and you start creating the best content you can about that particular topic. So that way you know already that this is something that your target audience is interested in. And the big test to whether it's good content or not is does it, does it help them? I mean, if it's fluffy, if it's short, if, there's not, if it's not really actionable, it's not that great. But if you get responses like people commenting and saying, thank you, this was so helpful, if they're bookmarking it, if they're sharing it, now you've got evidence that what you created for them was actually helpful and that they really appreciated it. Yeah, some great tips. And I've actually I've read uh, several different of your blog posts and I've listened to your podcast, uh, watched some of your videos, and you're definitely amazing at uh, creating content. It is so much work, uh, I know as a blogger. I know, how, I know as a blogger how much work it is to create quality blog posts. So good on you for what you're doing. Uh, Thank you. Tell us I about appreciate things that. Like, um, yeah, in, in your content uh, marketing, for example, blog posts, uh, what makes a good, uh, for example, title? Uh, uh, even for like, not just a blog post, but like a podcast or a videocast, because I think the headline is really what makes people read, right? So any tips on a good headline for your content marketing, Tyler? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are a bunch of different headline types, um, and there's a tool that I, I recommend checking out. CoSchedule has this headline analyzer tool, which is really cool. I, I, I would uh, recommend, you know, linking to that in, in the show notes or whatever so people can check it out. Um, but there's, there's a couple of things that go into a really good headline. So no, the first is, and this is for long-term, like, searchability, is you got to pick a keyword. Like, if you're writing for if you're trying to reach an audience that doesn't know who you are yet and you want them to find your content when they're searching for a topic, you gotta know what keyword they're using. So let's say you have a topic of um, like uh, how, 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 to, how to rent an Airbnb, like, you know, or how, you know, how, how to stay, how, how to, or mistakes to avoid when you're booking an Airbnb or whatever. Like if, if you're trying to reach people and you know teach them about Airbnb, like you you know you have a lot of people traveling who uh, are in your audience, maybe that's a topic that's relevant to them. So you would figure out want to figure out like exactly what they're typing in when they're searching uh, for that topic, and make sure that you use those keywords in your headline, 
right? So that's part of it. The other part of it is make sure it's got like it's either got a very specific promise, so they know exactly when they click on the headline what they expect to learn, or that it's curiosity based, so it makes them it makes them want to learn, but it doesn't explain everything yet. So it just depends on um, you know who you're trying to reach, what the topic is. There are different types of headlines, but the yeah the big one is definitely pick a keyword. Um, that you know your your particular audience is going to be using in their search results. Otherwise, they may never find your content. Like if you don't actually know what they're typing in when they're searching for your topic, and you don't put the, those terms in your headlines, they may never find your stuff. Yeah, good good point there, Tyler. Uh, you know, there are actually so many different uh, avenues uh, through which you can do content marketing, and we've mentioned a few already. So blogging, podcasting, video marketing. Uh, there's uh, social media, etc. Uh, tell us a little bit about how uh, people can choose which uh, platforms to pick because it's very hard to do them all and to do all, all of them effectively. So, any tips on how to pick a specific vehicle to market yourself on? Uh, yeah, that, that's a really good point. It can be a little bit overwhelming um, to try to create, you know, articles, videos, audios, all, you know, slide shares, infographics, inspirational quotes, whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of content to create. I would start with like whatever your core competency is. So if you're a good writer, produce articles. If you're good on, if you're comfortable on video, do some videos. And if you prefer to do audio, do audio. So start with the one that's your primary form of content. And then from there, for all the topics that are a hit and that are getting traction, repurpose that content. Like if you do, if you create a video that does really well, for example, turn it into an article, turn it into a podcast, turn it into a slideshow. Like don't let, don't let that message just exist in one, in one form of media. Um, you want to you want to repurpose that content. Now that doesn't mean you have to be the person to repurpose it. Like if your strength is video, then get other people to take that video and turn it into an article for you. See your your uh, your daughter there. Say hi to her for me. Can she she can hear me right? Hey. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's what I would say is just uh you know repurpose it. Uh, and get other people to help you if you're repurposing in forms that, that that's not your strength. So uh, you were saying uh, basically start from a position of strength, and I agree with you. And then uh, you basically expand outwards. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you did that personally, because I think you started as a podcaster, and now you're pretty much flooded the internet. You're everywhere. Uh, so tell us a little bit how uh, you did that for yourself. Um, well, I actually started with writing. Um, I've always been, uh, or at least told that I'm a decent writer, so maybe that encouraged me to keep doing it. Uh, I started with writing, and then it was when I started doing interviews and putting them on the blog, people started telling me, hey, you know what, people don't go to blogs to listen to interviews, they actually listen to podcasts, maybe you should start a podcast. So I started the podcast, did that for a few years, got comfortable with that. The, now, more recently, I'm starting to do more video, I'll do interviews for YouTube, uh, webinars, things like that. So it's been gradual, it's been me learning one form of content at a time. I didn't try to learn them all day one. I think that would have been that would have become overwhelming. So you, you pick which one is is your core strength, master that, get your systems and processes in place. Once you you've got that down, then you add the second form of media to your process or a third form of media to your process. You gotta do it in do it in steps. Do it in steps. 
Yeah, you know, I'll share with you a little bit of my journey. I actually started as the daddy blogger, daddyblogger.com. And then from there, I was uh, focused a lot on just written content. I wrote every day for a whole year. That was crazy. I actually uh, produced a new blog post for 365 days without stop. Uh, and then uh, from there, I actually did a lot of videos. So video marketing on YouTube. Um, and then uh, basically, now I have, uh, uh, let me think, uh, like a few thousand videos on there. Uh, yeah. You know, like, uh, like uh, what do you call it? Uh, my speaking engagements, my events, uh, my my family stuff. It's all on one YouTube channel and a different playlist. So if you're interested in family stuff, business stuff, blogging stuff, father stuff, it's all segmented. Uh, and then now uh, I'm actually a fellow podcaster, just like Tyler. I have cool. a digital man mastery, which actually I've done over 200 episodes. So I've gone pretty crazy recording 200 episodes in only three months. So wow. uh, Good yeah, for you. I agree with you there in terms of I started as a blogger. Uh, then I went into video blogging, and then now I'm podcasting. So now I have all three mediums, um, the written medium, the audio medium, and the visual medium. Uh, so I think it's good to kind of uh, reach three different types of people, right? Because um, not everyone wants to listen, not everyone wants to watch, not everyone wants to read, right? Exactly. So you could essentially share you know, the same message in three different mediums, and you'll reach three different audiences because they're all interested in the same topic. But some people want text, some people want audio, some people want video. So by not having content in all three forms, you really limit the, the amount of reach you can expect. Yeah, and um, you know what I ended up doing is actually I repurpose, like you said, repurpose them. So I have my uh, interviews, all these interviews I'm doing, they're always on video. And mm -hmm. we just extract the audio and we put it on iTunes. And then uh, I'm even thinking of how I can incorporate a blog into it. I don't think I have the time to write, uh, you know, 200 blog posts about all these 200 interviews. But uh, right. maybe transcribed or something like that right right uh, so tell us about uh, you have a whole bunch of different products and services yourself I know you're working uh, for Thinkific in the content creation department uh, but walk us through all the different products and services that you personally offer Tyler that's pretty simple I mean my main one's an online course um, after I launched my second podcast uh, or while I launched my second podcast I documented that process created video tutorials screen shares checklists all that kind of stuff uh, and ended up with a, a full course on how to start a podcast. Uh, I still have a few ebooks on Amazon, but it's been a while since I, the last one I wrote was in 2015, and I'm not in a rush to write anymore at the moment. <laughs> you know, it takes quite a bit of time to write a book. Um, so for the most part, I'm just focused on on uh, probably creating more more courses in the future and just continuing to to write articles. Um, for my own sites, for Thinkific, and for other publications that I contribute to as well. You mentioned the book. I was actually a part of that one. Do you want to share a little bit about that book? Yeah, you were a case study in that one. That one was Lifestyle Business Blueprint. Uh, I outlined five different ways that people were building businesses, you know, around their lifestyle goals, and you know, blogging was in there, podcasting was in there, creating courses was in there, and all that. And, and of course, you've done many of those things. So you were featured as a case study in that book, along with. Uh, but 11 other entrepreneurs and that was part of the reason the book did so well during the launch was because there were all those case studies uh, and it wasn't just theories it was like here's some actual examples of people implementing these these concepts in different industries uh, and so I think that those case studies were gave a little bit of extra inspiration to people who read that book yeah, definitely, definitely. And, uh, quite a few, uh, common, uh, few of our common friends are featured in the book, so make sure you grab that one on Amazon. I'll have the link below. Uh, we might as well talk about uh, video marketing and video creation, uh, course creation, because 
you're actually working for one of the biggest uh, uh, video course platforms in the world, Thinkific, and we have a common friend where he's actually the founder, and it's basically going to be where we're both from. Uh, so walk us through Thinkific. Um, I know um, our, our friend Sid's going to give a deeper dive into it, but uh, since we have you on the show, might as well get your perspective of Thinkific. Yeah, no problem. Um, just so you know, your mic's a little bit muffled. I couldn't hear you too well. Um, but uh, yeah, happy to chat about Thinkific. Um, it's a software company for those who are unfamiliar. We basically have a platform that you can build your course on uh, and you can make it look like your own website. You can put your own branding on it, your own logo on it. You control everything from the price you charge for your courses, whether it's a one-off course or whether it's a membership site. Uh, you can email your students because they're they're your customers, right? So you have full control over all that stuff. Um, and because I've been uh, here helping them with their content for about it's been about a year and a half now, I've had the privilege of speaking to a lot of course creators, and I, I've seen some pretty cool stuff from everything from people who have built uh, entire businesses teaching hula hoop dancing. Uh, to teaching, uh, you know, business and marketing type courses, to photography, to comic books, like all kinds of different stuff. It's really incredible, um, the, you know, the stories and the case studies that we featured about people who took something that they were passionate about, an area of expertise that they had, and they created an online course uh, to teach that expertise to somebody else. And sometimes they charge for it. You know, sometimes they they actually. Uh, their goal is to generate revenue from their courses, but we also have businesses that provide free courses to help train their customers, like Hootsuite, for example, billion-dollar social media company. Uh, they have a tool that helps you schedule your social media posts. They've got a bunch of free courses that they created on Thinkific to train people, how, you know, how to be successful on social media. And so those courses bring in a lot of. Uh, a lot of leads for them, a lot of potential customers for them, and it helps their existing customers succeed as well. So I've seen a lot of different reasons for creating courses, different industries, different types of entrepreneurs. It's, it's, it's really cool. And, uh, and online education in general is a, is a very, it's a big space. It's a very fast growing space. Like a lot of people, uh, you know, are, are purchasing online courses. So there's a huge demand for them now. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I actually have uh, four or five different courses on different platforms, including Thinkific, uh, you know, a big advocate uh, of uh, getting yourself out there. Um, any tips or advice for people who want to actually get into course creation and launch their own uh, online course? Yeah, start small. Um, you know, don't lock yourself in, in a basement for three months and produce some 10-hour course that you th think people are going to love and then you don't and then nobody knows about it when it's ready. I would start small like build a you know a small email list or, or do a webinar or do a Facebook live and just get a bit of validation up front see what people want to learn from you and then go and create a mini course get some feedback on it get some testimonials and then ramp up from there um, I think a big mistake is not involving your audience in what you're creating not having you know not proving that there is demand for your specific topic um, that'll just be the best way to save you from spending a lot of time and energy and resources on creating something that that nobody buys from you. So, um, yeah, if one you know, the biggest tip I can say to people is start small. Maybe create a mini course, one hour, two hour, three hours of training. Get some feedback on it. Get some people going through it. Get some testimonials. And if it's a hit, then go ahead and and improve it 
and spend some money to uh, to promote it. Yeah, some solid tips there. I think a lot of people wait till they get perfect and then they never do it. This is struggle from analysis paralysis. So I think yeah. it's uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much recorded, uh, regardless of how good or bad it is. Record it, get it out there, and then improve on the next one because your first anything will be terrible compared to your last everything. Yeah, and perfectionism is something that doesn't just affect course creators. I mean, it's it's you know it's an affliction that a lot of people have in a lot of industries. And the big problem with being a perfectionist is what you think is perfect may not be perfect to somebody else. Like you could literally spend a month, you know, creating something that's perfect in your eyes, and then you present it to the world, and people start poking at it and pointing out flaws. And so what you what's perfect for you is not necessarily perfect for somebody else. So I don't even think you should try to create something that's perfect in the first place. The goal should just be to create something that's valuable to the people that you're creating it for. And even if it's imperfect or could use improvement, that's fine. But if it, it, if it can help someone, you should get it out there as quickly as possible. Yeah, um, and I, I like this quote by the founder of LinkedIn. He says, if you're not embarrassed by your first ever product online, then you've done something wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and by the way, shout out to our fellow Thinkific uh, course creators who, uh, who have actually interviewed on the show. Um, I'm trying to think of the names right now, but uh, Hackerette, uh, she just published hers uh, last week, and I'm an affiliate oh. for her course, uh, Hackerette. Uh, she published on Thinkific. And then uh, Jonathan Levy uh, from uh, Being Superhuman. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Shout out to him as well. Very cool. Yeah, Jonathan, we did a case study on him a few weeks back. Um, really in-depth article on our blog on his whole journey of creating his first course and uh, scaling all the way up to, to building the, the business that he's got today. And he's uh, definitely an, an impressive guy worth learning from. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tyler, to end off here, um, what is your vision going forward? I mean, uh, you're a dad of a young little boy. Uh, you got a whole bunch of different online products, everything from your courses, your podcast, your online business magazine, uh, your books on Kindle. Uh, you're working for Thinkific. Uh, tell us a little bit about where do you see yourself in the next few months, years, and beyond. Yeah, well, um, I mean, Thinkific is growing, is definitely growing really fast. I mentioned just before we hit record here, I was, when I came here, it was initially just to write a couple of articles for their blog each week. I was coming in part-time. I was the 12th person on the team. Uh, we'll probably have close to 100 people here by the end of the year. Um, and I've never been a part of a tech company before, which is pretty cool. So I'm happy to, you know, to be a part of this company, uh, to be learning and growing and being a part of that growth while I'm here. Uh, and however long that lasts, um, and uh, you know, I, I'm just I'm gonna do the best that I can for them, and then later on I'll go back to uh, to uh, creating more of my own courses, probably doing some consulting and and spending more time helping other companies with their content as well. But uh, yeah, for me, long-term vision is just to continue, uh, you know, continue creating great content that helps people, uh, specifically entrepreneurs. It helps entrepreneurs, uh, you know, build build businesses and and design their ideal lifestyles, um, and uh, and just yeah, just continuing to do that. Um, you know, I've I've got. The, my two-year-old, almost a two-year-old son now, and I'm sure a couple more kids will probably show up over the next few years. So, I'm just happy to be, uh, you know, hopefully putting some good stuff out into the world and uh, and raising a good family at the same time. 
Well, you heard it, heard it here first. You know, a couple more kids in the pipeline. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I have three, and it's a wonderful blessing to be a dad. Uh, I got my daughter, Rianne, who's popped in a few times, uh, our son, Ryan, and then our son, Renzo. And yeah, definitely, that's my big passion, and I know that's yours as well. Uh, so, Tyler, um, you know, we've mentioned a few of your products, everything from the uh, learning how to podcast course to uh, your own podcast and uh, your own online magazine, all these different books, the blog, etc. Um, tell us, how can people find out all, about all those things? Uh, yeah, the best place is just to go to my personal site, tylerbasu.com. Um, from there, you can find everything that I'm working on, everything that I'm up to. You can get in touch with me through there. Uh, and you can find me on social media pretty easily as well. Pretty sure I'm the only guy with this name. So if somebody searches for me, they'll find me. And funnily enough, uh, you know, why didn't you end with this story? It's actually an Indian name. Yeah, it is. Uh, so Basu comes from my grandfather, who, who's from India. And, uh, and that's why that you can't, there's nobody else with like, you know, a, a Caucasian first name and a last name Basu. So there's definitely not any other Tyler Basus. If you find one, let me know. I'd like to meet him. But as you know, according to Google, I think I'm the only one in the world uh, that ended up with that first name and last name together. So. Well, that's a very good thing for the Google spiders because Google spiders have <laughs> unique, unique names. Uh, you know, my buddy yeah. Di Manuel, he always yeah. says, that. he's like, you know, at first I hated my name, but now I'm so grateful that my parents gave me the name Di Manuel because there's no one else with that name anywhere in the universe. And exactly, so exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be named John Smith if you were, uh, you know, trying to build a personal brand or something online. <laughs> well, ironically enough, John Chow, you know, he it's a common name, but he's dead. He's made it out there. That's true. That's true. He was probably, you know, he was smart enough to grab his domain name er, in the early days before all the other John Chows wanted to start a blog. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel for all the other John Chows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, hey, th thanks so much for your time today, Tyler. It's a great uh, pleasure and a joy to talk to you, my friend. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we look forward to catching up with you soon, maybe in Vancouver or somewhere down the road. Sounds good, Ricky. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and I uh, wish you. Uh, I wish. I hope to see you soon. Whenever you come back to Vancouver, one of these days. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we're we're nomadic right now, and uh, you know that's our home base. Our our parents are there, uh, so definitely will be coming to Vancouver. Um, and by the way, I ended up surviving my first hammock interview without falling off the hammock. <laughs> that was one big fear. I was afraid I was, afraid I was going to fall off the hammock. And yeah. I, I, made it, I made it. So uh, good on me for completing the hammock interview. Good on you, Tyler, for sharing your wealth of info and expertise all about content marketing. Some great tips and insights. I'm sure uh, the readers, uh, listeners, and viewers are going to love what you shared with them today. Perfect. Well, thanks, Ricky. Wish you all the best. You as well. So once again, uh, make sure you check out Tyler's blog. It's called uh, TylerBasu.com, and uh, he'll have links to all of his different uh, uh, products, uh, everything from the podcast course. I highly recommend that one to the books, the one that I'm featured in. Make sure you grab that one. Uh, to his podcast, he has one, uh, Chatting with Champions, and another called Lifestyle Business Mag, and a lot more uh, different resources. And he's very ready, willing, and able to help you out if you have any questions about course creation, about content marketing, or about, even about fatherhood. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, thanks, Tyler, again for your time. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye, Ricky. All right. Bye, Ricky. Bye. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you all the skills you need to be a digital nomad, including 
content marketing, course creation, book publishing, and much more. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world or even while sitting in the hammock.